0: Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. inadvertently went old school there yeah Click, clicked our uh, old intro with the old logo but uh, oh it's okay wrong. it's
1: all right to be retro
0: yeah nothing wrong with that we're gonna be talking about a little nostalgia today so
1: yes we will yes we it's, will
0: it's all good welcome to episode 94 of the play by year podcast and you can see that we are toddless griffin light
1: <laughs> Griffin, like Sansa Griffin,
0: Sans, <laughs> yes. Uh, Todd, a under the weather today, so uh, it'll be just me and Brady.
1: It's been making its rounds it's headaches, been. sweats, intestinal distress.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> don't even want to think about it, keep it away from me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what'd you say the other day? Niagara falls through a straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> getting back to
1: our uh, Gummy Bears episode where the guy said that it, his intestinal distress was akin to funneling Niagara, Niagara Falls through a coffee straw. <laughs> I thought that was an excellent, you know, uh, poor guy.
0: And and I think I think we mentioned on here before. If you want to get a chuckle and you're a baseball fan, uh, go to YouTube and search <laughs> George Brett diarrhea. <laughs> Be careful what might
1: pop up, but you know.
0: <laughs> well the the uh, the language is not suitable for work, so don't uh, don't listen to it at your workstation. But uh, pretty funny. All right, uh, once again, we're episode ninety four. We want to remind you, as we will uh, talk about up until the time that it happens. Our hundredth episode is coming up. We have put a uh, an invite out on Facebook if you have not seen it, there's the post um, You do have an invite if you're a follower of our Facebook page on uh, on there. so if you please with RSVP, we want to fill the venue which is the outdoor tent at sons of toil on june 5th uh 5 30 wait wait minute! i always get the time wrong five to eight is that right
1: that is right
0: yeah, that is five, correct five to eight affirmative so, uh, yes uh we will have a uh, lot of fun things planned uh, of course doing a show uh, in front of a live audience for the first time so i uh, want to have all of our Favorite earbuds along with us. Uh, Currently, we have uh, about 16 people who have responded to our invite. So please uh, look in your Facebook uh, invites to events and see uh, if it's there. If you'd like to come, uh, please hit that you uh, are at least interested so we can kind of get a a thought in our minds about how many people might be there.
1: Yes. And if enough people RSVP before the 5th, Eric might break in to his Judy Garland's greatest hits set and croon the tunes of Judy.
0: Is that supposed, is that supposed to incentivize people? <laughs> cling, cling, cling goes the trolley. Clang, clang, clang <laughs> goes the trolley. <laughs> oh. oh, Andy.
1: Ooh. This is just some tomfoolery there. It was one of those spontaneous moments. (laughs) you had to be there. But (laughs) every head, Eric made that joke, started singing that Judy Garland song. There's five heads like hoot owls on a line. Just (laughs) like, to see who is singing such a tune.
0: (laughs) All right. So once again, our hundredth episode, June 5th at sons of toil, five to 8 PM. That's a Sunday evening, by the way. So, uh, not a work evening, uh, not a not a day you had to work anyway. But obviously, uh, lot, most people work on Mondays, so uh, it will be a night before a work night. But uh, again, uh, shouldn't be a whole lot going on. We thought maybe with uh, youth sports and things of that sort uh, at that time of the eve. So again, hope to see a lot of people there. We have, uh, I think, I counted about seventy seats in the in the tent, give or take. So. Hopefully, we can at least fill the tent. Maybe we can overflow the tent. Fill That'd
1: the tent. Nice. Fill the tent. Make it our tent overfloweth.
0: Yes, indeed. All right. As always, we invite you to chime in, uh, check in, give us a comment, let us know who's there. Uh, Maxwell, welcome. Max Vanna. Uh Savannah with us. Savannah, Savannah. Savannah. Nice. How, how come we've never done that, done that before? That seems <laughs> just led right into that. Uh, Allison, another Hall of Famer with us, and she's, yeah. she will be home for the June 5th extravaganza. So,
1: Now, do you mean home as in Ohio or sweet home Alabama?
0: I think she means home in Ohio. In
1: Ohio, okay. So,
0: uh, Yeah, hope to see you there, Allison.
1: Yes, we hope to see so many people there. Um, you know, uh, what I'm most excited about is like, you know, we see this uh, through the comments, I'm so curious just to watch people's faces. It, it, like, I, I'm wondering if it's going to be smiles or I was say
0: amusement. It'll probably be, be whoa uh, all <laughs> night. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a dog that hears a strange
0: do <clears throat> Uh Carissa, Carissa. Treva, with, with us. Hello. All right, so uh, again, just me and Brady tonight, so uh, I'll give you the general uh, format of the show. We uh, each bring a topic to the table. We talk 20-ish minutes on said topic, Uh, obviously with two of us here tonight, uh, probably we'll go certainly over that 20-ish minutes, so um, looking forward to the topics we have tonight. Uh, Allison says uh, she will be at a brewery with frosty adult beverages It'll be a hoot. That's a where hoot. she'll be on June. A hoot. That'll be Can't wait. June 5th. All right. So uh, with only two of us, uh, generally, I am the one that MCs a game. But uh, with two co-hosts here, a game really is not feasible. So I will actually do an ordinary topic. And my ordinary topic is, and I told you we'd be talking about nostalgia, uh, Entertainment Weekly in uh, 2021, so last year in May, they put out a list of the 50 best high school movies ever.
1: So, uh, yeah.
0: uh, a lot of these, I believe, will fall into our wheelhouse. Um, I don't know. It, it, maybe I'm just not in tune with it. It doesn't seem like you see lately a lot of high school movies that age i I don't know like i said maybe i'm not in tune to that i
1: i think in the 80s primarily that the the 80s and the early 90s you know was the the wheelhouse of the high school movie but i'm gonna go with this i've just it's not like i sit around and watch modern high school movies but here's what i have found is what is popular that a lot of them are not funny they kind of run dark and serious yeah. And um the high school movie has taken like for instance, Riverdale. It's, yeah. you know, a take on the Archie comic. But Wait, which
0: which is very odd to me because the Archie comics were about as lighthearted
1: uh, as pure you- bubblegum as it gets.
0: Yeah. And then to turn this, like you said, this dark um this dark yeah. thing. <laughs> very odd very odd uh
1: veronica never... mars is kind of another one. i love veronica mars but it was a murder mystery you know none of the scooby-doo variety yeah. and um so i'm guessing what's going to be on this nostalgic list is funnier comedies
0: right. and we'll see i'll we'll see i'm not a, just at the a whole, guess i looked at the whole list so uh we'll we'll all find out together here uh people are chiming in breakfast club uh Carissa. Uh, John Barney, welcome, Dead Poet Society. That's his input. I'm sure uh, both of these are on the list. But like I said, I've not looked at the list. So we'll find out right now. Let's go. I'll I'll go hit and miss over the list here. I'll I'll stop on some, uh, and I'll just move on through the others. I think I can name off all 50. Brady, I told you I wouldn't go through all 50, but I think I can at least name all 50. Uh, And we'll start with number 50, obviously. Uh, A movie called Splendor in the Grass. I've never...
1: never heard of it sounds fancy
0: 1961 uh, had Natalie Wood and Warren (laughs) Beatty
1: Natalie Wood was a very attractive (laughs) last back in the day
0: and and the last line of this little write up on Splendor in the Grass a chilling PSA against the dangers of teen abstinence hmm (laughs) sounds entertaining well the dangers of what? Teen abstinence. So it's
1: saying abstinence is dangerous, or is it saying that the dangers of promiscuity?
0: Well, so the the gist of the movie is Natalie Wood, and I'll use the wording of the write up here, is so tortured by her sexual urges for Bo Warren Beatty, and conflicting pressure to be moral that she attempts suicide after a school oh. dance. So yes, that sounds dark. PSA against teen, back in 1961 too. I mean, that is very dark. It seems for 1961. So so Eric, this made
1: me think, and I'm kind of going to. Is anywhere in the list? Are the after school specials? Speaking of PSAs, are they included in these lists? or probably not. No, no, these these are are just
0: these are movies.
1: So that uh, that one where my kids a punk rocker, where the parents, you know. Like,
0: yeah, that that would not be on this list.
1: Or when Scott Baio, like, has one beer and his parents, you know, like, sending to Alcatraz and. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, the, the not not after school specials, just strictly like cinematic movies. Yeah, uh, I think it's what's on this list. So, number 49, 10 Things I Hate About You from nineteen. I love that movie. It's a good like one. that movie. And uh, based upon uh, a uh, Taming of the Shrew. That's, that's, Fun, that's, like that, the tame your Shrew. My Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, I was gonna say thank you, Rodney. Uh yeah, uh, based upon uh Shakespeare's taming of the Shrew. So uh,
1: if I remember right, is ten things I hate about you was that Jennifer Love Hewitt?
0: No, no. Uh Julia Styles, Joseph Gordon Levitt, oh, uh, oh Heath, yeah, Heath, yeah, 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 Heath yeah, Ledger. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a bunch
1: of those movies around that era, and, like, the titles, I get confused once the description started. Yeah, 10 Things I Hate About You was good.
0: Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. All right, number 48 from 1985, right in our wheelhouse, Brady, Just One of the Guys. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, that's probably a
1: movie that cannot be made today.
0: No, it, it certainly would take on a, a different tone. Yeah. Uh, today and and it, for those who are not familiar basically uh a girl dresses as a boy and acts as to play a boy football to, yeah to play football so again hey, uh, would would be a different thing today
1: um am i misremembering this but isn't there like a scene where she is clothing challenged uh
0: i don't know I, matter, matter of fact i'm not sure i've ever watched it Really, I know, of it. I know of it. I don't. I'm not sure I've ever watched it.
1: But you know that that's one of those things where, like, that was in the 80s. There is clothing challenged scenes <laughs> in high school movies,
0: <laughs> well, which I,
1: was kind of like you know.
0: Let, let me read you this line. Uh, this immensely fun, if mitre romp from the 80s perfectly captures the decade's raunch, light spirit, and funky fashion sense. <laughs> So, yeah. there, you, there you go.
1: Ranch Light.
0: Ranch, ranch. All right, number 47, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't get into Napoleon Dynamite. Um, I'm glad I
1: watched it, but I am not the addict. I mean, some people swear by it. it by... So,
0: so, say there's a very faithful group of people that think yeah. highly of that movie. I Not yeah. that I disliked it. It just was...
1: It just didn't grab a hold of me. It made me guffaw.
0: And the thing is, it seems like it should have, but it didn't. Yeah. All right. I don't remember this number 46, uh, Flirting, from 1992. Uh, Not ringing a bell. Nicole Kidman and Naomi Watts were in it. Oh. Uh, Seems like uh, I would remember that. She's a Ugandan beauty in a prep school populated by blonde Aussies. Can't say, can't say I remember that one.
1: No. I do remember Nicole Kidman in an Aussie at BMX. Yes. Where um there there was a gang of BMX aussies <laughs> in um fighting the ne'er do wells on their bikes. Yes. And that was the first time that I saw Nicole Kidman.
0: Yes. Number forty five, my bodyguard from nineteen eighty. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. You know, I don't know that I've seen it, but Matt Dillon is in it. Oh, yes.
1: Um, if I remember correctly, Matt Dillon is the bully. And there is a kid that's getting roughed up. So a large mountain man of a kid protects the, the kid from bullies. So, yeah, th- that's actually a good movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, something timeless for everyone when new kid Clifford Peachy Peach. Enlist the mysterious tortured class psycho, Adam Baldwin, (laughs) to to protect him from the school bully, Matt Dillon. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everyone will shed a nostalgic tear at Dillon's showcase of evergreen bully tactics, the locker prison, the wet toilet paper bomb, and the bathroom surprise attack. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, Ed, here's the one you were thinking of, Brady. Number forty-four can't hardly wait.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's it.
0: Um, nerd gets revenge on the jock. The nice guy snags his prom queen prom queen crush. Say that three times fast. That's a uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh yeah. From nineteen ninety eight, I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, that was good. All right, number forty three. Stand and deliver. From 1988. How can I reach these kids? <laughs> Edward James Olmos. <laughs> That's uh, Lieutenant
1: Castillo to you.
0: Exactly. Jaime Escalante, based on a true story. Uh, inner city, Los Angeles teacher, math teacher, uh, teaches gangbangers and uh, becomes super teacher. So uh,
1: it's one of those uh, teachers make a difference movies, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Peshaw. (laughs) Peshaw. Uh, I'm sure it'll push a lot of people into education. Then once they got (laughs) there, they said, They didn't like that. All right. We're poking
1: fun at ourselves, by the way.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. Number 42 fame. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Fame. (laughs) Fame. (laughs) <laughs> sorry it's not judy garland but <laughs> no 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 uh 1980 the movie uh about uh kids at a uh
1: school for creative school, and performing
0: arts yes, yes that's that's where i was headed in my in my mind my parents don't understand me i just want to dance <laughs> indeed and uh turned into a tv show so uh irene Cara with the uh well-known theme song to that movie all right number 41 one of my favorites can't buy me love <laughs> you pooped in my house <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> uh patrick dempsey who uh free
1: grays anatomy
0: yeah somehow turned into this heartthrob person. I I only knew him as a nerd. I, I still saw him as a nerd, even though he was supposed to be a heartthrob. But, um, basically he pays his way into the popular clique, and he starts dating, uh, his neighbor girl. Uh, what was her name? I forget. Uh, anyway. Started dating her, found out he was a fraud. She gets mad at him, then she ends up dating him at the end because, He apologizes, and I'm just going to be me, and everything ends up great for him. So, the African anteater ritual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, what was uh, the redheaded kid's name? Wormman?
0: Uh, Was it Wormman? Wormman, yeah.
1: Yeah, the flaming dog poop trick, and he got upset with his friend for dog pooping his house with the cool kids. You pooped to my house. Except he didn't say poop. Yeah,
0: so. right. Number 40, and I'm not sure if this one could be under ranked, but uh, the Karate Kid. Really? Number, number
1: 40. That is under I guess it's not about high school, but it's certainly high school era. Certainly. I'm going to have to see what's on the rest of this list. But my okay. first glance is it's underrated. Yeah, Yeah, that, that's too yeah. low.
0: All right, so I, I don't think I need to go through The Karate Kid. I'm sure nah. everyone is familiar. Hey. I, Mr. I, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, watch Cobra Kai. Uh, that, that will give you a new uh, new uh, take on The Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Number 39, The Virgin Suicides.
1: Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I have seen this. It is very dark. It's one of... <laughs> It was a two thousands movie. Like it was in the odds, I believe. Two thousand. Okay, yeah, um, I saw it, and it is definitely firmly in the camp of the high school movie that got gothic and serious and dark.
0: Yeah. Um, Basically, the title kind of gives you the gist of the movie. That uh, yeah, sisters uh, are in a death pact. All right, uh, number 38, have not seen this one, 1963, Bye Bye Birdie. I didn't even know it was a high school movie. I've heard of it. I didn't know it was a high school movie. But uh,
1: Is that Ann Margrock?
0: It, it is Ann Margrock.
1: Oh, I love me some Ann Margrock. She, uh, yeah, you know, usually people, uh, actresses that were the hotties from a different era, you know, before we were born, usually it's like, ah, eh, they look like old. But, but Ann Margrock, she's pretty cute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ann Margrock is all big hair and energy as a lucky small-town teen who wins the chance to be kissed on television by Conrad Birdie.
1: Oh, Thin- I thought you were going to say Conrad Bain. Wasn't that a very <laughs> special episode of Different Strokes?
0: <laughs> no, that was Gordon The Jones. Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a thinly-veiled Elvis copy is what uh, Conrad Birdie mm. is called, or what we would call a poor man's Elvis. Which,
1: ironically, she goes on to Viva Las Vegas.
0: Viva! To act Las with the real deal. Viva. The real Elvi. Elvi. All right, number 37 from 2004, Friday Night Lights. i Isn't that Friday a TV night. show? It was a TV show, but before that, it was a movie. Oh,
1: I don't think I realized it was a movie.
0: Yeah, basically surrounding uh, high school football in Texas mm-hmm. but uh, and the drama that comes out of that. But Okay,
1: uh, I'm going to make an embarrassing confession. Yeah, I know I would love that show. I've listened to my favorite sports announcer, Lance McAllister, talk for ages about how that's one of the greatest TV shows ever, and I have not seen an episode. Not one. Nor have I. And, and they say it's excellent, and I should like it. It checks all the boxes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like something I might like, too. I just never... Yeah. Watched. All right, number thirty six. I don't know how I feel about this, but I guess they are of age of that particular age. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh. I mean,
1: would you consider It's my favorite way? Harry Potter movie.
0: But I mean, is it like a high school? It's the Olympics,
1: that? where the schools, the the wizarding schools from all around the world, come to compete in Wizard Olympics, and
0: seems like wizard schools would not be high schools seems like that would be higher education i mean i know what the age of the i think they're a very
1: they're a charter school they're a magnet school where it attracts a certain type of magical but but anyway no it there's a dance there's like a prom a formal and everything it is very good Uh, i i as a fan the earlier movies, no But this one is firmly a high school movie I concur and it belongs on this list
0: I've not <laughs> seen any Not seen any of them No, no Harry Potter
1: <laughs> All of our parodies of um The inappropriate Harry Potter movies <laughs> Yeah That's for another episode
0: Alright, number 35 Another one I haven't seen Brick from 2006, brick, brick, nah balls gummet. They'd flash their dusty standards at the wide eyes. Probably find some young, some yeg to pin. Uh, I don't know what that all means, but uh, that's how the nah. kids in the movie talk. Uh, mm. Drug lords, yeah, teen click, teen flick in the guise of a noir thriller. everything is all very life and death. All right. Number 34, Get Real, 1999. I don't think I've ever seen that one either. Uh, Typical first love with the school jock story, but with the twist. Uh, Ben Silverstone? Is that Alicia Silverstone's brother? I don't even know who that is. Uh... Bright, gawky student journalist who lusted after... uh, (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've never seen it. Yeah. So I'll move on. Number 33, Hoop Dreams, 1994. Uh, I've heard of it. Never.
1: Leonardo DiCaprio, isn't it?
0: Uh, Documentary follows William Gates and Arthur Agee, two kids who avoid the pitfalls of growing up in Chicago slums by living green and playing basketball.
1: I was thinking of Basketball Diaries. Yeah. That's Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Yeah. This this is kind of documentary-ish.
1: Yeah. Uh, doesn't make my list, only because it is a little bit too real light. It's very sports-centric. Less about high school and more about the actual sport. Right. My rules, I'm sticking with it.
0: There you go. Maybe that's why i so low on the list. All right. Number 32, Scream from 1996.
1: Excellent. Yes. 1996?
0: 1990. Dang. 26 years old. How about that? All right. Uh, And again, I don't think I need to go through Scream. I think everyone's probably familiar with that. Uh, Henry Winkler is the principal of the school, by the way. Just a little aside. Yeah. Yeah. Number 31. A classic from 1983. Risky Business.
1: Oh, yes. Um, I love that movie. It's great, you know the my heart still went my my heart as a youth I probably would have been about sixth grade when the Porsche goes into the lake. just like nearly made me physical sick, but um sorry i I Rebecca de Mornay, yes, and her romp with Tom Cruise, yes. Was highly illegal, wasn't it? Uh,
0: technically speaking, yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, not that that disqualifies it for anything, but it's one of those movies where, like, as a sixth grader, is like, "Oh, this is what high school is going to be like."
0: But I mean, she was a prostitute, so yeah, she was, wasn't she? It, it was illegal for for, for multiple reasons. Exactly. All right, number thirty from two thousand. Bring it on. Ice movie, yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Yep. I've not seen it.
1: Oh really? Yeah. No, it's definitely it. It it was definitely a time capsule. It encapsulates the moment. The yeah that that that's an important one that highly belongs on this
0: movie.
1: Yeah. Excuse me on the list. My bad.
0: Yeah, I, I just never was. Thought about watching a movie about uh, high school cheerleading. I I mean, in in 2000, whatever. Uh, Yeah. 2000. (laughs) 2000. I catch you. All right. Uh, 29, Gregory's Girl from 1982. Another one I have not seen. No idea.
1: I've never even heard of it.
0: Uh, Gregory's Girl, short on stars, long on soccer. Uh, also, sweetly hilarious as gangly Scottish teen Gregory falls for an out of his league girl. And uh, again, that could be the gist of a lot of these high school movies on this list. Minus
1: the Scotland.
0: Right. Deal with a slice of haggis, me love. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if they <laughs> eat haggis in this movie. <laughs> the basic rollers in the background. <laughs> Number 28 back to the future yeah Never thought about that as a high school but I guess it is sure I mean a lot of the a lot of the storyline is based upon high school life in, the enchantment in under 50s. the
1: sea dance
0: indeed uh, where uh, Marty McFly almost gets accosted by his own mother that was a uh...
1: sidebar conversation yeah this has come up before my biggest problem with the teen high school movies that are based in the 50s and the early 60s is this whole <laughs> where all dudes were Neanderthals like they 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 would drag race for each other's girlfriends and the girlfriends were okay with it. Right. You know, my car is faster than yours. I'm going to steal your girl. Like that just happens. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, his car is 0.2 seconds faster than yours. I shan't be with you. I shall be with him.
0: I mean, do you think there's some truth to it? I mean, I, we weren't alive. In I've games. asked my
1: mom this. She, I mean, it was her era, and you know, there were. She does not recall any of that. <laughs> you know.
0: So who do you my, think? I mean, was was that a Greece invention? I mean, did did that happen well, in a movie prior to Greece?
1: Well, I mean, it, it's even like, like even in Beach Boy songs. You know, I get around or. Buddy gonna show you that like they'll be racing for pinks and <laughs> like the uh you know the titles of these cars, and I just never got like and, and like I said, it was so what's the word tribal, you know, like there was one leader of a small group, and they were violent, yes and intolerant, yes.
0: unenlightened, yes. yes. Yes, I agree with all of what you said.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, um, Biff, you know?
0: Yes, yes. All right, number 27 from 1967, To Sir With Love. Uh, Another one of those uh, teacher movies.
1: Those teacher make a difference.
0: Sidney Poitier. Was taming a room of unruly British teens with his real life lessons and tough love, love tactics, a boxing glove to the stomach? Anyone <laughs> having him having himself played an insubordinate kid in 1955's Blackboard Jungle, the student masterfully becomes the teacher in this sappy but never maudlin tale of inspiration and tolerance. I mean, how can you go wrong in the description of a movie that uses the word maudlin?
1: I will give it a big thumbs down. It just sounds like I'm a cold, dead person inside, and that kind of uh, that kind of uh, feels tends not. to... <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, number twenty six from nineteen eighty six, Pretty in Pink. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, of the of the um, John Hughes movies, I think that one was probably the. How should I say it? Somewhat identifiable, like it—it it, it was all the stereotype, but but it—it it seemed a little bit more real than the other ones. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, I definitely a great soundtrack. Me being a huge psychedelic furs fan, but um, that th- it should be top ten in my opinion. But
0: yeah. So uh, basically, just the movie uh, Molly Ringwald's character Andy. Should she have chased after rich, repentant Blaine Andrew McCarthy or stayed at the prom with poor, devoted ducky John Cryer? Um, Yeah, and James Spader also in that movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Always a good uh, foil.
0: Yes. Number 25 from 1986 as well, Hoosiers.
1: Oh, boy. Never think about that as being a high school movie.
0: So, this is one of those movies that if you were making a list of sports movies, it would be much higher on the list. But as a high school movie, I mean, it's probably fair to put it at 25. I mean, right in the middle. Yeah. Makes sense. And again, I would
1: not have Pretty in Pink below Hoosiers in the high school movie.
0: Agreed. But I I wouldn't have Pretty
1: in Pink in the sports movies.
0: Correct. (laughs) Uh, Again, don't think I need to go through Hoosiers. I think everyone probably is aware of what that's about. Indiana High School Basketball. Okay, number 24 from 1998. I am not familiar with this one either. Rushmore.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. The older brother of uh, Jonathan Schwartzman. um, Lead singer of Rooney. One of my favorite indie pop bands of the day. Um, Rushmore is... (sighs) I thought I would like it more. It's kind of one of them called classics. It's, it's okay, but it... Looks it like,
0: it's, looks like a student lusting after a teacher. Is that what it was about?
1: I will be totally honest with you. I don't remember much. It did not hold my attention much. Um, I just remember him being in a beret a lot. Um, But it, I if you like good filmmaking and cinema, it's going to go on that list, but it does not hold... To me, it does not hold the water as a high school farcical romp. I don't know. It's a little bit too
0: serious. All right. Number 23 from 1975, Cooley High. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Nope. Um, So Cooley High, written by Good Times co-creator Eric Bonte. And directed by Michael Schultz, uh, provided the blueprint for Boys in the Hood. In the mid-60s, Chicago Geek, Leroy Preach Jackson and Hoop star Richard Cochise Morris, uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, Mm. uh, struggled to stay out of trouble while prepping for graduation. The soundtrack um, featuring G.C. Cameron's ballad, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Um I think it was uh kind of pitched as a uh kind of a American graffitiish sort of movie
1: for the urban set.
0: Yeah, right. All right, so that was 23 number 22 <laughs> from 1999 American Pie.
1: See, I thought this was going to be top 10. American Pie is a comedy classic. Um yeah, it it has to be on the list. It has provided us with many quotable and memorable moments.
0: Okay, so what uh what term did this movie popularize? Um poop break? No. It's an acronym.
1: <laughs> Are we talking about um, Stifler's mother?
0: yes 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 <laughs> yes uh an acronym for uh a uh, a mother who is attractive let's just say uh yes. really probably the first time that was heard or heard. yes it became part of the uh, lexicon all right so uh john barney made the comment you are far from it but greece has to be in the top five john i'm sorry you are incorrect according to this list at number 21 from 1978 is Greece.
1: Please tell me Greece too is ahead of it.
0: I, I don't know. Like I said, I've not.
1: to Call up our buddy list. Adrian Zmed and have him take it up on this list.
0: Right. Um, again, I don't think I need to go through what Greece is about and all that, uh, but basically said in the 50s and a, a love story between uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton Johan. <laughs> All right. And I I think that is underrated. It is. As far as this list goes, in my opinion. Well,
1: that's my first blush read. Yeah. I'll have to see what comes next, but
0: number 20 from 1989, Dead Poets Society.
1: There we go. Oh, Captain, my captain.
0: Yep, yeah, that's a solid, solid movie. Uh, Robin Williams again, uh Teachers Make a Difference. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was a uh, literature teacher in this uh, high school that wish uh, prep kind of school. school, yeah, boarding school sort of place. Um, good movie, good movie. To me, all right, number nineteen. Uh, have not I know of this movie? I've not watched it uh, from nineteen seventy one. Brady, the year of our birth. Yeah, the last the last picture show.
1: Huh. I know I'm supposed to watch it. I know it's supposed to be a great movie, but I have not watched it.
0: Peter Bogdanovich's black-and-white film takes us to the tumbleweed burg of Annerine, Texas, where Jeff Bridges, Timothy Bottoms, and Randy Quaid vie for Sybil Shepard, the town's number two seductress. Her mom's number one. <laughs> Uh, These horny, angst-ridden teens deal with sex, morality, money, and a little Texas football by being themselves subconsciously callous, but the witty banner, mostly by the grown-ups, makes it all the less bleak. Sounds like Friday Night Lights, sort of.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, number 18 from 1979, Rock and Roll High School.
1: The Ramones. The
0: Ramones, yes.
1: Now, it's a quirky movie, but daggone, that's really high for the kind of niche movie that is.
0: I, I would agree with that. And again, these lists are about the people who make the list. I mean, right. We we may list them differently. Um, Roger Corman's comedy is a jiggly love affair set at Vince Lombardi High centered on matchmaker Eagle Bauer, who is Clint Howard, whose office is a men's restroom stall. And Riff Randall, rock and roller, who must rebel against Principal Togar to see a Forbidden and very excellent Ramon show. Thanks, Spinal Tap and Dazed and Confused, skipping study hall together to get stoned. Number 17 from 1986, one of my favorites. Uh, Although, honestly, I feel as far as being a high school movie, it may be a little highly ranked here. Peggy Sue Got Married. Who? Who is Peggy
1: Sue in that movie? Was Peggy
0: it... Sue is Kathleen Turner?
1: That's it.
0: Nicholas Coppola was his or her husband, otherwise known as Nick Cage. Yes. Um, she goes to a high school reunion, uh, faints, has an episode in her mind. She goes back to her high school days, and she. Uh, tries to decide if she should marry her uh, husband or not and uh, does end up with him in her mind. So. Good, good movie. movie. Yeah. Number 16, also from 1986,
1: Lucas. <laughs> Featuring one of the
0: Corys. Yes. Corey Hayne. Yeah. Uh, Corey Hayne, Chuck Sheen in the movie as well. Yep. Um, Lucas is a small, scrawny kid uh, who befriends a uh, an older jock, Chuck Sheen, and uh, basically uh, kind of a day to day drama of uh, this little kid going through high school. Yeah. All right, number fifteen from nineteen seventy six, Carrie. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. I agree, though.
1: Yeah. I I give it... I I give this a yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Carrie, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, a horror movie, thriller, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, Carrie uh, is a telekinetic teen uh, whose mother is a loony religious zealot. And uh, she gets uh, teased and bullied and kind of takes... Her scorn and rage out on her classmates.
1: The last seven minutes of the movie. You know, is the uh it's the kicker. Yeah, good flick, great flick. Yeah. It is all about the high school and the cruelty that involves high school sometimes.
0: Yes. Number 14 from 2010, easy A.
1: Emma Stone.
0: Emma Stone. Uh <laughs> When Olive Pendergast tells a thoughtless lie and gets caught in the rumor mill, she has a choice. Take the hits or take over. Olive is a little bit feminist, a little bit anti-bullying crusader, and a whole lot of sassy entrepreneur. So, uh, yeah, Emma Stone.
1: Good movie.
0: Not not a bad movie. All right. uh, Number 13 uh, from 1968. uh, I've not seen this. Simply titled High School. <laughs> Although it was added to the elite national film registry the same year as 2001 in Chinatown, Frederick Wiseman's documentary is, like many of his fly on the wall nonfiction films, extremely difficult to find on video, but it is essential. 30 years before reality TV, Wiseman took his camera to Philadelphia's Northeast High School and shot what was there, editing it without narration into a devastating indictment of bureaucracy and enforced conformity. So uh, right in the uh, hippie, uh, hippie time frame there uh, against the man, you know, conformity. Not going to have any of this No conformity, conformity.
1: which is why we will all shop at Hot Topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> all right, number 12 uh, from the year 2004, Mean Girls. Ooh. Lindsay Lohan <laughs> Rachel McAdams um not a bad movie yeah uh, basically caddy high school girls yes yeah. all right number 11 1989 say anything
1: I'm holding my boombox up <laughs> Uh, Lloyd
0: one, one of the classic Movie scenes ever
1: Yep yep. John Cusack is the man in that
0: movie He yeah. just uh, uh, it's a Great movie And what Brady's referring to is the uh, The main scene in the movie Where he's trying to win the heart Of his girl Goes to her house Stands on the street with a boombox Cranks up the song In your eyes by Peter Gabriel and lifts the boombox above his head.
1: Which leads me to one of my favorite South Park moments. It's when, when Stan is trying to win over Wendy Testerberger, and they said, you have to stand out of her side of her house, hold up a boombox to play Peter Gabriel. So he stands outside our window and puts on Shock the Monkey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're in the top 10. Yeah, you're off. Number 10, 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that, that was definitely in my top 10. Solid. We've caught a foul ball. We've been in a parade. We've eaten pancreas. <laughs> Peterson.
0: Uh, uh, Peterson. <laughs> we We quote that movie a lot. Yes, yeah. We yes, we do.
1: Pulled by um, French.
0: <laughs> Uh, great movie, uh, again I would say most people are aware of it Know what it's about, basically a Ferris Bueller A high school kid decides to skip school And takes his girlfriend and best friend with him And they run around Chicago Doing things all day, and he rushes Back to his house uh, Barely in time for his parents to get home and Not get caught Um,
1: I, I do agree that My one gripe with the movie, and it, it's A great movie, but I, I agree With many people that the whole Parade scene could have been edited out they didn't need the parade scene. The twist and shout. It it, it, it kind of took it into a... I don't know. I don't want to call it flying car phase of Greece. But... Uh, it, it, I, I,
0: I get what you're saying. Yeah. Almost jumped the shark at that
1: point. It, it, it did. It, it veered dangerously close.
0: It, it, it reeled itself back in, though, which was good.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, Mia Sarah, very underrated. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah number nine not seen it from
1: 1999 election oh yeah oh okay reese weatherspoon and matthew broderick yes um and i think daniel stern is in that movie uh could be but but yeah it is a uh, some of the most shocking dialogue in any movie that I didn't see coming it's about a high school election for a president and uh, uh, this girl that uh knows no boundaries to win it um it gets a little dark and it gets very uh I I don't think that movie could be made today that movie could not be made today eric when the when, when the episode is over I will tell you the line that I'm thinking of and it yeah gotcha yeah.
0: All right, number 8 from 1984, 16 Candles.
1: This would be my number 1. Would it? It would be one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, but we have discussed this before. So when Reagan, who is now 15, I think when she turned 12, it was 12 or 13. It was one of those snow days and it's like, "Hey, let's bunt, Let's watch 16 Candles." And sixteen candles to me, as a, as a high school kid and an adult, but man, when you're watching it with one of your kids, you forget.
0: It's a little I randy. got very
1: uncomfortable.
0: It's a little randy.
1: It's a little and, and it was one of the first PG thirteen movies, right? But there was full nudity in it. Yes, female nudity, and um, you know there there was just some things in it and we can, okay so first off you know I don't get confrontational but anybody right. out there that wants to cancel 16 candles can just go fly a kite that's Indeed. about as mean as I'm going to get <laughs> but i will say that under a new lens, the whole scene where, and this is not giving away any spoilers. Most people know how this goes. So when uh, the uh, stud muffin, Jake tells the nerd farmer, Ted Anthony, Michael right. Hall, right. that he could just have his girlfriend to take home drunk and do with as he pleases. Yes. That doesn't age. Well, no. now as a high schooler watching that, I never thought like, Oh, ha You know, but now I'm like, Ew
0: yeah different time
1: different time not that we had ever done that let me be clear that we didn't think it was okay but yeah. it was seen as humor it wasn't seen as realistic right but um now it, that that's the one part of the movie that just does not age well does it
0: no it does not yeah all right number seven, 1995.
1: clueless great movie
0: great movie um a movie that really doesn't take itself very seriously, which is well, good. I mean it's yeah, uh, basically all these this group of people are very superficial, and it's funny they're superficial, but in the end, they turn to be less superficial. so I mean there's
1: and who knows knew that that would thrust Paul Rudd into the stratosphere
0: that, well, was that the first big movie he was in?
1: I'm thinking it probably was. I did not recall him before that. Let me just put it that way.
0: Right. Number six, 1973, American graffiti. Ooh. Yeah. I. Again, honestly, if you're thinking of high school movies, I'm surprised that this one is not in the top five.
1: Really. Yeah. It's a little bit before our time, but once again, what 16 candles does for the eighties, what clueless does for the nineties, American graffiti reflects back to the 70s yeah
0: which was based on the 50s it
1: was based on the 50s right
0: yeah um and interesting did have you ever thought that if you made a american american graffiti-ish movie today it would be based in the year 2000 <laughs> 20 years prior
1: Thank you for making me feel ancient. I'm going to go take my Geritol now.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, Ron Howard and Richard Dreyfus the main stars of that movie, although it was star-studded, really. Uh, Ron Howard kind of took that role uh, into a very similar role in Happy Days as uh, Richie Cunningham.
1: Is uh, American Graffiti, and I'm sorry, this is going to be sacrilege, is it George Lucas or Steven Spielberg?
0: George Lucas. Thank you. Pre-Star Wars. Yep. All right, number five. Welcome, Howard. On our top 50, you're at number five. High school movies. Heathers from
1: 1989. Love Heathers. One of my all-time favorite cult classics. Didn't see it at a movie theater. Saw it on VHS or DVD when it came out, and it was great limited release. Someone known to writers, Christian Slater, Shannon Dordick, great movie. Kind of dark. Uh,
0: the write-up here calls it the antithesis of Ernest 80s John Hughes films. I think
1: Absolutely.
0: Pretty, pretty accurate. Yes. Um, and probably hadn't really thought about this until now. It, it's a movie that would stand the test of time. I think that movie probably is as relevant today if you watch it. It, it is. was in 1989. I mean, really, some of the things that it deals with. Um, some of the issues. Yep. All right. Number four from the year 1955, Rebel Without a Cause.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Not now. Nah. No.
0: James Dean.
1: That man can make sausage. <laughs> um, uh, No.
0: All right, I'll I'll read the write-up. but I'm sure everyone's heard of it. You may not be familiar about what the movie's about. Uh, You're tearing me apart, Jim Stark howls at his parents. Jim Stark is James Dean. For the new kid in school, it doesn't get any easier, though. He finds a friend in the extremely troubled Plato. Stark gets into it on his first day with a gang of bullies and a knife fight and later in a chicky run. Uh, Dean was a refreshing change from the well-scrubbed teens of earlier Hollywood films. Here was a character young audiences could finally recognize.
1: I I just can't put it on this list, and I don't know why my rules I make them. It does not scream out high school movie.
0: Now Howard would say great movie for its time. Yep. You do have to take things into context.
1: I, I know. I know.
0: All right. Number three from the year 1993. dazed and confused. <laughs> it was number um, two on my list. Yeah. I was going to say that this was, this is very accurate listing here. Uh, top three. Certainly. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Um Jason London. Right. Um, Again, basically just kind of follows the life of uh, this group of uh, people.
1: 24 hours. The way I've described it, it's 24 hours and you don't feel like you're watching a movie. You feel like you're experiencing it sitting there in a chair in the room with these people. I know I've talked to many people like, oh, I love that movie, but... The ones who don't like it really don't. this, this is like nothing, like nothing really. Ha- you know what I mean? There, there, there's no cohesive plot, but it's just a snapshot of 1976. Yeah. And the yeah. thing I love most about it, I would have been five years old, but a lot of the styles and everything, I think of. You know, everything came later to Ohio back then. About 1978, when I would go to the skating rink on Sundays. People looked like that I I, I always think of the skating rink When I think about Days to Confuse And you know going to Eastern games And seeing the high school kids Back when I was little So Days to Confuse It's before my time But I get it I had enough Just a tip of the toe And that pool was barely alive But I love the movie It's a great movie
0: Fair enough Number two All right, Brady I'll, I'll, Howard says your your depiction of that very accurate. All right, uh, what do you think? Number two, and you you can have an either or here because obviously we have a number two and number one. So, what do you think?
1: Am I supposed to try to pick what's number two? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's hear what I have, have two said. in my head, and I think one's going to be right, and one's not going to be on the
0: list. Okay,
1: can I go with the one that? I think should be
0: Porky's. I don't know what's number one. I haven't scrolled up that far. Okay. So got number two here. What's your other choice?
1: Breakfast Club.
0: Number two. From the year 1982, Fast Times at Ridgemont. Hall. Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. How in the world... Could you forget Phoebe Cates?
1: Shame. Shame. Sorry, that scene, I don't even know what the rest of the plot is.
0: (laughs) That's why you forgot about it,
1: Yeah, because anybody, any red-blooded male teenager at the time that knew of that existing on VHS, the tape was just stretched thin as a cat's whisker. Because it had been stopped and fast-forwarded and rewound.
0: I I don't don't know why the tracking of my VCR turned on in that scene every time.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Uh, Outstanding movie. Uh, Cameron Crowe? Yes, Cameron Crowe was the uh, screenwriter for the movie. Uh, Judge Reinhold in one of his first major roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, The aforementioned Phoebe Cates, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, Obviously, Jeff McColey, Sean Penn. um,
1: Mr. Hand from My Favorite Martian fame.
0: Yes. Uh, Again, outstanding.
1: Forrest Whitaker.
0: Forrest Whitaker, indeed. All right. Brady, number one. What'd you say? Don't you forget about me.
1: Breakfast Club. Number
0: one, from 1985, The Breakfast Club.
1: Yeah. um, um It encapsulates everything 80s high school that we were told high school would probably be, but wasn't. Right. Now, mind you, we are from small town Ohio. It might have been that
0: way. Yes. So, we we mentioned one movie that was not on the list that Probably we thought would have been. You mentioned it. I agree. Porkies. Now, do you think it's just because it maybe the storyline is a little thin? <laughs> I it mean, involved
1: it, high school. I mean, basketball and gym class and
0: well, yeah, but I high school mean,
1: locker rooms and
0: so I, I guess the question is in regard to porkies. If you took out. The ranch. <laughs> Could the story stand on its own and be an entertaining movie?
1: Because A little bit I, of
0: I would venture to say of the movies in this list that we're familiar with, if you took out some of the racier scenes, the stories would stand mm-hmm. and be and be an entertaining movie yeah. alone. I'm not sure Porky's would be.
1: I get it. Um, It just seems like it should be on the list. I mean, for gosh sakes, I would put it there over Hoosiers. Just truth. That's truth. Um, Another one. So then the
0: question is, as far as Hoosiers go, a, a question on the same vein, how much high school is involved in Hoosiers? It's about high school basketball. But do you ever see these kids outside of basketball as high school students?
1: Not really. Except Jimmy Chidwood had to study and not play. So say at this mother, that's about as much high school as you've got. Correct. Um I I also think weird science should be on this list.
0: Weird science. There's another one. But again, Is Weird Science too fantastical?
1: It, it, it could be. It veers into science fiction and too farcical, yeah. But, you know, it, it goes in the, the John Hughes canon. I mean, what's more a 15-year-old boy, high school dreams, like he could create a supermodel on his computer that comes to life? I mean,
0: yeah. But as far but, as the break. As far as the Breakfast Club goes, I could totally see the Breakfast Club happening in real life.
1: Yeah, I could too.
0: So maybe um, that's that's the whole gist of this of this. Yeah. Place. You know, what 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 is considered a realistic high school movie? And I guess of the 50 on this list, that's probably the the thing that kind of holds the list together i think everything in the list is realistic
1: yeah and i think the thing about the breakfast club which makes it number one 16 candles is just straight up funny okay yeah. but breakfast club does have its funny moments but it gets very serious yeah so um and then everybody in the audience would find themselves whether they realized it or not trying to relate to one of the characters or the other they saw themselves in a certain part of a character and multiple characters right. so um Weird Science, excuse me, um, Breakfast Club is, honestly, I'm going to go big here, is our first foray into mature thinking. As a high school, like, you you start thinking about things, like, you know, because I remember walking out of it, you know, after watching it, thinking, daggone, that wasn't funny, but man, I loved it. Yeah. Which was a big stretch for me, you know, because we know I'm serious all the time. And uh, and but I I it it spoke to me and every there's not an '80s kid around who didn't probably love that movie.
0: I mean, you walk out of it thinking, or had, after you get done watching it, thinking, "Am I really tied to this caricature of myself? Am I beyond a jock? Am I beyond a whatever? You know, a nerd? Yeah, right.
1: A ne'er do well."
0: Yeah, so you're right. Uh, it, it does uh, lend itself to some uh, higher level thinking for the the teen set, and that's probably why it, it again, is uh, very uh, well thought of and number one on our list. And I believe it also stands the test of time for the most part. Yeah. Now I think the individual characters, if you were to remake The Breakfast Club in 2022, would be different. But I think you would still have those characters that were very different from each other.
1: Yeah. I mean, the clothing would change, the fashions would change, but the gist of it, absolutely. Yeah. So I could totally see it. It, it was, it's definitely um, masterful in many ways. And you can't, as much as I love 16, can- and I like 16 candles, honestly, it makes me laugh more. But if you're putting it in a time capsule of one of the, you know, great, movies at that time breakfast club has to go ahead of it because it is deeper it does run deeper so
0: right right all right that's a good discussion
1: yes get to deep dive into those high school movies if there is a movie on here that you think should be on this list please let us know um I've already given you mine um you know it just seems like something would have got left behind and I'm sure there's tons of other like when I lay down to go to bed tonight, I'm probably going to look back through high school movies and just see what's on the list because I'm sure that there was something left behind that like
0: The Last American Virgin
1: Oh, don't get me started on that (laughs) one
0: Or Valley Girl
1: See, that, thank you I was waiting for it
0: Yeah.
1: What a time capsule of 80s high school the mall culture
0: Yep, yep, yep And I guess maybe Fast Times at Ridgemont High addresses that.
1: Uh, Yeah, which technically is a better movie. Yeah. But those are two solid tracks. If you take Days to Confused, Valley Girl, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and Fast Times, my gosh, what a playlist.
0: Indeed. All right. Good discussion. Good discussion. Yes. All right, again, Todd, not with us tonight, so we we'll only do two topics instead of three. So uh, if you thought we got a little windy on the first topic, we only have one other topic, so there's that. Uh, looking at our website, please visit our website, www.playbyearpodcast.com, and you will see on the uh, top of every page our audio feed at the left-hand side, in the middle our video feed. Uh in our most recent episode 93 there right at the top with the blue tongue skink that Brady put into the poster along with the outhouse and the uh was that duck I guess and uh our calendar of events is at the top of every page and on this particular page if you scroll on down uh you will see uh, some uh, different things about our uh show also, down at the bottom, you can register for our email uh, list, and we can uh, send you information about different things that are going on uh, with our show. And uh, I do want to take the opportunity, as I will probably another time after this, to remind you our 100th episode will be June 5th. That will be in front of a live audience at Sons of Toil Brewing in Mount Orb from 5 to 8 p.m. That is a Sunday evening. And uh, we invite you, uh, if you're a follower of our show on Facebook, you can look on uh, our Facebook page. You probably have gotten an invite uh, to our show, our 100th episode. Look for that invite. Uh, Please, RSVP, we want to kind of get an idea of how many people are coming. Again, that is June 5th, uh, live in front of a studio audience. I guess a studio or a a tent audience, for lack of a better term there at Sons of Toil. All right, Brady. You have the floor.
1: I do. You might have to give me a moment because, unfortunately, I just... um, I lost it. Daggone it. Sorry.
0: Uh, we, we did have one comment here from Carissa. Uh, she said... And again, I I would agree with her. It's it's interesting. There's another movie I think was left off the list, The Outsiders. Oh, um, nicely played there. I, not on the top fifty, but seems like it should be.
1: Should be. Um, and I and I guess a lot of it doesn't take place at a school. Would that be the, you know, the main thing that so much of it takes place outside of school?
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't know.
1: Okay, I- um I am very embarrassed here. But wait a minute. I have lost my list that I was getting ready to um read from and I apologize. I might have to pivot to my other list or my other topic. So let me do that. I apologize. Um, I'm not being unprepared. What I was it? actually very prepared.
0: Was it was it the food topic?
1: Yeah, food. I, well, I was going to do the embarrassing stories topic, but um, I've got the food topic one, and um, I'm going to go ahead and go with that one. Okay. okay? Yep. And since we're on a nostalgia vein, this is foods we miss from the 70s and 80s. Okay. So these are things that we enjoyed in the 70s and 80s as Utes and um, that are no longer with us as much. Now, they're really not ranked, particularly one. They're just, they give the examples. And uh, (laughs) some of these are going to make you guffaw. So I'm going to start off with the first one. And here we go. Hi, C. Ecto coolers.
0: Ecto, ecto coolers
1: as an ectoplasm
0: as in Ghostbusters
1: as in Ghostbusters it says in 1989 Hi-C rebooted its classic citrus cooler but they colored it green to go with Slimer from Ghostbusters and the ecto cooler was there um so it is now passe because it's no longer a thing really uh ghostbusters has been gone for a long time
0: but i do remember the ecto coolers i'm not sure i ever had one i maybe i did but it doesn't stick in my mind yeah um, I've, i've had green high c before i'm not sure if it would have been the same do you remember the high c called cactus juice yes
1: because I was always confused because on the Flintstones when they were drinking cactus juice. I always assumed they were drinking high C. But cactus juice was a euphemism for booze at the loyal order of water buffalo. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Um, Hubba Bubba Bubblegum.
0: Yes. So the Saturday morning cartoons were rife with Hubba Bubble Bubblegum car- er, commercials.
1: And Hubba Bubba was marketed where you could blow the bubbles, but it wouldn't be sticky.
0: Which I don't think was true. Oh, no. It was was still sticky.
1: It's just like saying, you know, um, ice water is a little bit less cold than ice. You know, (laughs) it's like different degrees of, yeah. Uh. Uh, Howard, you can get Hubba Bubba, I think.
0: But, but you don't see it. You don't see it advertised.
1: Yeah, it's not advertised. It's not prevalent. It comes in tape sometimes, like the thin strips. But the big old square, wide, the 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 the, the you know, the three dimensional polygon that was that Hubba Bubba, you know.
0: Now those commercials were uh, like old west themed yeah like it was like a shootout sort of thing but they were blowing bubbles right right remember that correctly
1: right exactly you you are somebody with a 10 gallon hat i remember blowing a huge bubble
0: and one of them was a real old guy
1: i'm sure it was a pink balloon in his mouth because like i never could get grandiose bubbles like that all right This one is going to hit you in the feels, ladies and gentlemen. Swanson TV dinners. (laughs) Swanson TV dinners. A turkey or fried chicken dinner was encased in foil, was where it was at in the 1970s. You had to perform surgery to extricate the peas and the carrots that are baked into the fruit cobbler that lay between the potatoes and the veggies. These were a staple dinner for Friday nights, when you were watching reruns of the Brady Bunch after you got home from school. So, yeah. So, the Swanson TV dinners... I never knew why they were called TV dinners as a kid. So, you would eat them on the TV tray in front of the yeah, TV is what they're implied. Right.
0: right, right. So, Super 70 Sports would show a picture of a Swanson dinner and call it the the Meal of Loneliness... <laughs>
1: <coughs> a man with a bad comb over sitting in a pair of striped boxers and a wife beater and fuzzy slippers watching Lawrence Welk. He's single and he's eating a Swanson dinner. <laughs> is that what you're going for?
0: Something like that. Okay, so what do you think I'm going to say is the worst thing about TV dinners? Portion sizes? No.
1: The inclusion of questionable gravies?
0: (laughs) Well, you know I'm not a lover of gravies. Yeah. I do not like gravies, but that's, that's not what I would say.
1: So air your grievance.
0: I will air my grievance. Okay, so when you heated up the TV dinner, now back in the day, you didn't have the microwave to do that. You had to put it in the oven. So when you get the TV dinner out, you take the cover off, and it's a It's a foil pan, basically. So you always had a confectionery of some sort, a pie or a whatever. Cobbler. Cobbler, yes. Hotter than the surface of the sun.
1: (laughs) Third degree burn on your palate. Advert, stuck there like napalm.
0: However, the middle of your Salisbury steak, frozen.
1: So everything else is hotter than lava, except that ice arctic core of the meat. Oh, Uh, now
0: now the the edges of the meat, well heated, and you take that next fork portion of the middle of the meat, and it's literally frozen. Awful. (laughs) Terrible.
1: And you were stuck because this was pre-microwave days. So you had to think of a creative way. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. I think I had a TV dinner once or twice because m- my mom was like, oh, absolutely not.
0: Susie Homemaker.
1: Well, not only that, but I guess were they kind of expensive? I don't know. But, but once we did get the microwave, I lived on budget gourmet lasagnas. Stouffer's. Was it Stouffer's?
0: Stouffer's, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Here's one that I have forgotten about. This truly is a list. Keebler cookies, the fudge magic metals. (laughs) Neither the chocolate fudge cream on the inside of the shortbread cookie or the versions with peanut butter or chocolate chip crust survived. But the 1980s fave gets rumored returns tantalizing deals from Walmart and Amazon. So the the magic metal fudges. So it was like a cookie in reverse. So it was a creamy inside, but like a chocolate chip coating.
0: I don't know if I recall that one.
1: They were rich. Rich. I I, I prefer my cookies poorer. They was a little bit too sweet. And I like a more impoverished cookie. It, it was a little bit too sweet and heavy, but it was good. Don't get me wrong. So, um, okay.
0: All right. A couple comments from Carissa Ooh. about the uh, TV dinners. They took too long to heat up. And she said, "Okay,
1: now Eric, don't say a word." She says hot pockets, but she has the notes beside of it, and without reading a note of music, you know that she means
0: hot pockets. Hot pockets.
1: <laughs> Am
0: I right, Carissa? Yes, indeed. And she says soft batch cookies oh yeah you know what
1: i always felt conned by that when i figured out what the con was about soft badge cookies they weren't soft badge at all it was a crust outside with a powder middle. what so it was like a capsule if you broke a soft pet soft badge it wasn't a gooey soft cookie it was more like a hard crust outside with cookie stand in it what no, get get a bag of them and just remember, with soft batch cookies, you can't sneak and eat them because the packaging, you will get a phone call when you're eating it from South Dakota saying, "Hey, are you eating soft batch cookies in your like because it's so loud, it wakes up the entire house. There is no sneaking eating a soft batch cookie. But if you do get one and pray, you will see what I mean. So like get like get like a uh, a precision screwdriver, and dig the sand out a little bit, and you will be able to, if you excavate it, you will see that it's kind of a powdery metal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sticking to it.
0: Never heard of such a thing.
1: Okay. Um, <sighs> Jello o
0: Puddin' Pops. Puddin' Pops. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> No, I was going to ask a question. Were you more for the Jello Pudding Pop, or were you more for the Jello Jello Pop, like the fruity flavored ones?
1: Oh, honestly, the fruity pop, yeah. those strawberry ones were oh, they were lovely. Great.
0: Yes, they were.
1: I could eat the heck out of those things, but I, I honestly no. Tell me, it said pudding pops hit the stores in the late seventies, but they were a kid staple in the nineteen eighties with Bill Cosby as their promoter. Over time, they were discon- they were discontinued. Are they so synonymous with Bill Cosby that they cannot bring
0: them back? Probably, probably so. In this day and age, you could not bring that back.
1: Yeah, uh, so it you know when you see a pudding pop you think of Bill Cosby, and that ain't going away. No. It's not going away. Just like Subway has had to really work hard to get the stench of Jared off their products. Right. And
0: yeah. So was that because Jell-O pudding pops were in the heyday of the Cosby show, and that's why it's so synonymous, or...
1: I'm actually going to say that I think... (laughs) We're going to have to look this up, but I think he was actually a spokesperson because he was a Coke spokesperson, too. Right. Um, But keep in mind that he was riding, you know, um, Fat Albert fame still. Yes. And he was considered, you know, like some kind of child rearing authority. So I'm almost willing to venture that I think that the Pudding Pop commercials came before the show.
0: I'm looking it up. Yeah, pudding pops originated in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in the nineteen seventies, and became more popular in the nineteen eighties. I don't, I don't see a specific year. It's only a uh, little, little piece of a Wikipedia
1: yeah article. But I will make that my job to find out. But I think everybody listening will agree that. Pudding pops would be a, probably a huge hit. Kids would love them, but they just can't. I, I'm trying to think of who on earth that they could. You, they they could have. Um, oh, geez, Louise. I'm not even. I can't even come up with anybody who could be the pudding pop spokesperson. Maybe John Cena. But
0: so the, pops, or the Rock. Put pudding pops were sold until 2004. It was at that time that Jello licensed their name Pops to Popsicle, and the company began making popsicle molds and advertising for popsicle brand Jello Pudding Pops, but they were not the same. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't recall popsicle brand Jello Pudding Pops.
1: I don't, but I think the world is ready for Pudding Pops to come back. They just um, can't do it. Darn it, Bill Cosby.
0: Um all we right. Just, How had uh, just just the Longacre is with us. Jessica, uh, another Hall of Famer, isn't she? Been, yes. Uh, been a while. Wild. Uh Howard says, Brady, you're talking about pecan sandies, not soft batch.
1: No, no, I would have never put a pecan sandy near my mouth. <laughs> nah, I that that there would I can rest assured that, that would not be a mistake. Because I would not be in the same zip code as a pecan sandy. But
0: you would not put a pecan sandy in your mouth.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, okay, I remember this one, and I liked these. The Hershey's bar, the bar none. Yes. Hershey bar was introduced, of course. The bar none. It's made of milk chocolate flavored wafers filled with chocolate cream, with crushed peanuts, and a coating of milk chocolate. It tried to compete with Twix
0: and the tame the blood.
1: tasty chocolate beast candy fell into oblivion. I don't know why. I guess the Twix was mightier than the bar none.
0: Without a doubt. Twix weren't, those were invented in the 80s, weren't they?
1: Yes. Yes. The the inventor of Twickery is cool in my book. <laughs> <Twickery>. <laughs> okay, now Eric, this is one you might want to pull up on the screen if you can. Okay. Nabisco Swiss cheese crackers. Think of a cheese it, but they are Swiss cheese flavored. And the cracker had holes like Swiss cheese. Um I don't remember these at all. I'm gonna, they don't well, sound familiar, and it's one of the few things on this list that I would have eaten it, but I don't remember it. So, if you remember the Cheez Its Nabisco's Swiss cheeses, they were Cheez Its with holes.
0: I'll, I'll put it up on the camera here. Let's go.
1: Put it up there. Here it comes. For those of you in um, audio land, it is the color of Swiss cheese. It's whitish, but it looks like it's been eaten by a rodent of some kind.
0: (laughs) It has Swiss cheese-like holes in the cracker.
1: Yes. Yes. It
0: looks like a Swiss cheese-looking cracker.
1: But it looks like some kind of vermin has just got into the box and burrowed its way through all the crackers. <laughs> but anyway, actually, this one says, well, yeah, the Ritz had them also, but Nabisco, um, different brands with the same idea. It's the same exact thing. That gets us the point.
0: Well, Nabisco, didn't Nabisco make Ritz?
1: You might be right. My on my box that I'm looking at, it does not say Ritz, so that might have right. been a later iteration.
0: Wait a minute, let's 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 try this one here. Basically, uh, it's like basically the same thing, really.
1: Yeah, which
0: to the these point, never would uh, to, to the point of, uh, Someone, someone stole it.
1: Someone <laughs> it's been stolen. It. Yes, that's stolen. the one that I'm looking at. Now, see that looks more like Swiss cheese. It doesn't look vermin-riddled. <laughs> but but
0: the, but the same idea. The it's the same idea. Like yeah, a piece of Swiss cheese with the holes in it.
1: Yeah. So, um, wonder why that didn't catch it. You know, there's been white, there's been white cheddar, but Swiss has never, you know, made its way back into crackerdom. And, in, um. Speaking of which, they're back. I was over overjoyed a couple years ago when I went into Dollar General and I found that. Do you remember Chicken and a, a Biscuit?
0: Chicken and a Bizkit. Bizkit crackers? Yes.
1: You know, those are delicious, but daggone it, it doesn't taste like chicken and it doesn't taste like cracker and it doesn't taste like a biscuit, <laughs> but I know it's supposed to be chicken flavored and I know it's chicken flavored, but it tastes nothing like
0: chicken. It's like chicken bouillon flavor
1: it but it, they those are delicious.
0: Yeah, indeed.
1: Um they make excellent puppy treats. Don't let a veterinarian hear me say that, but anyway, um here's another candy uh here's another candy bar, the Reggie bar.
0: Yes, the Reggie The
1: Reggie Jackson legend. Um it was so popular that standard brands made he was so popular they made him a candy bar and named it after him which fans used to throw when he was at bat. It was a confection, had milk chocolate, peanuts, and gooey caramel. Similarly, it was like a Baby Ruth, but it was a Reggie. Right. And it was rotund instead of a bar.
0: Right. He he made the comment that when he went to the Yankees, he was going to be so popular that he was going to have his own candy bar. So that's kind of where that came from. Uh, I...
1: I never liked Reggie Jackson as a Ute. I was for I was firmly in Reds and Dodgers adoration. Yeah. yeah. So um, he was always the villain in my day. So I would not partake of his candy bar, even though it was probably pretty good.
0: Right. Uh, Carissa says spray some canned cheese on that chicken in a biscuit. Oh. I'm, I'm assuming that's what she's referring to.
1: She, I bet she is. Um, let's see. I skipped one accidentally. Okay. I don't... This would have been before my time. This is early 70s, but the name... It is Baron von Redberry. 1972, it was safe for Baron von Redberry, a World War I German pilot who flew around spreading his berry-flavored oat cereal with berry marshmallows. So, um, his catchphrase was... Baron von Redberry is the very goodest, while the pilot Sir Grapefellow with his own fruit cereal says, Tally ho, Sir Grapefellow is the grapest.
0: <laughs> oh, let, let me share this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: das ist gut, Baron von Redberry, Nine. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: Tell your Frau to go buy some.
0: Frau Line. Nine.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Sir Grapefellow.
1: It, where it's the grapest, uh, they better be careful with that commercial. Somebody might misunderstand it.
0: Yes. Uh both the uh, piloty sort of people flying in biplanes.
1: One is pink, and the other is grape. It's redberry and grape. Um, I got to tell you, I would eat the redberry, but, man, that grape just looks too sweet. That 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 looks like it'd be just like candy in a bowl.
0: Sweet berry star bits. <laughs> so those, I, I believe those are marshmallows. That's what I yes, think. Yes, I believe so. So very... Um, uh, Lucky Charms ish sort of.
1: Very. Um I, I actually it seems like it's a military themed, you know, like Booberry and um Count Chocula instead of ghouls, they're military-based.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um
0: and you know I'm no connoisseur of cereals, so I don't know yeah. those at all.
1: I, I don't remember that one though. That one doesn't ring a bell.
0: Howard says he does remember those again, kind of like what we said along the lines of Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. Oh. But obviously, the uh, Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry won out because we don't remember the uh, Baron Von Berry, whatever.
1: Okay. Now, the next one has a funny story attached to it. The PB Max. Yes. I bet you remember the name. I do. It was a peanut butter and chocolate topped a healthy oat filled cookie made with whole grains for for a Mars confection that was ahead of its time. I remember getting a PB Max thinking it would be like a true confectionery and I bit into it. <laughs> and it was like A good candy bar That was soiled by granola (laughs) It was disappointing I spat it And I tossed it
0: Uh, There you go
1: Now see that doesn't look so offensive to me now But man I don't know what I was expecting But when I ate it that wasn't it
0: (laughs) Made with peanut butter Crunchy whole grain cookie All covered in pure milk
1: Chocolate, milk chocolate, just not being milk chocolate. <laughs> um, but no, I i just remember like I was expecting candy and it was way too healthy, so I discarded it.
0: So I, I think it's along the lines of like getting one of those protein bars.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a candy bar, but it really isn't.
1: Where once you get past the chocolatey coating. It's just like tree bark that's been sugared up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> roughage wrapped in sugar. Um. All right. Okay, we get <laughs> Howard. I hope you have not gone anywhere. Um, fruit brute cereal.
0: Fruit Brute, brutes. I don't the, remember that. This era
1: was off the charts for sugar consumption. General Mills introduced his fruit-flavored frosted cereal with marshmallow bits. It was a werewolf. Um, And as a fun note, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. fan. He will often put a box of Fruit Brute in the background of scenes... For some nostalgia because he liked it So basically Fruit Fruit was a werewolf He would have Hung out with Count Chocula in Booberry <laughs> And um in <Boobery>. Frankenberry <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Booberry doesn't sound Like the same sort of thing as Booberry <laughs>
1: so um uh, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um fruit brute was a little bit before my time but I-, I remember the references to it there you go yummy mummy
0: fruity yummy mummy
1: man in fruit brute
0: and howard does remember fruit brute
1: by Faberge. <laughs> 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 anyway.
0: No, wait a minute. Wasn't it by Menon?
1: By Menon. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, okay. Now we are getting the thing the one on the list. I know we're getting close to time here. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 um
0: <laughs> <laughs> Howard would love some booberies. <laughs> Um, so anyway, (laughs)
1: this is the one that I truly loved and I wish it came back. And, um, my man, Ricky Cobb at super 70 sports, um, he had made a reference to this like weeks ago, but I, I did not need him to remind me of my love of the marathon bar. It looked like a tire had come unspooled from the rim, and but it was delicious. It was chocolate covered caramel, but it was like a hippie person had macrame candy. It was like a woven belt,
0: a woven belt. But they were
1: delicious. It would it would have been much like a hundred thousand dollar bar with no crispies.
0: uh i'm trying to find one here but
1: um it it was in you know it was its gimmick that it looked that way that it looked like tread but um it was a delicious candy bar and whoever is out there in confectionary universe needs to bring it back there you go here we go there it is there's a profile, and that does look like tree bark. <laughs> but yeah. um, the marathon bar was excellent. Looks it was very like chewy. It
0: interconnected chocolate covered pretzels.
1: Yes, but there was no pretzel in it. It was all mm. soft, caramely goodness. Very chocolate, chewy.
0: No, no, not car- not caramely.
1: Excuse me, caramelly. Thank you. <laughs> but um, but the marathon bar needs to be brought back. Absolutely. Um now I don't know about this, but I want it. Because the hostess Chocodile. The Chocodile was a chocolate covered Twinkie with a reptilian mascot, Chauncey the Crocodile who claimed it takes a while to eat a Chocodile. It didn't. This 80s cult classic had a 2014 mini reboot. So I do not remember Chocodile, but I want to try Chocodile. Chauncey has convinced me.
0: Trying to find one here. Oh, here we go. Here comes it's Chocodile. Just, it's just Chocodile. Huh. I
1: see no mention of Chauncey on it. Chauncey? He's not with King Dong or um <laughs> Twinkie the Kid.
0: Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> now now we're gonna go off on a tangent. Did, uh, <laughs> what did you what did you On say? this show, never. <laughs> yeah. What what did you say? King what?
1: Uh, King Dong.
0: King what?
1: I'm leaving that ambiguous Because we we know the evolution The ding dong Became the king dong Which was so offensive They changed it to a king don For a while And then it went back to ding dongs I'm not making it up Look it up
0: I know you're not making it up That's why I'm laughing so, who, who ever thought Sitting in a room talking about the marketing of this, of this cake,
1: ding dong is offensive. It's silly. What should we call it?
0: Hey, let's call it a king dong.
1: <laughs> Nobody'll ever think anything untoward about that. <laughs> uh,
0: but anyway,
1: um, uh, seriously, kids, it, it it was not a ding dong for a while because they thought ding dong was too um. Was an uncouth reference To manhood And um And then they somehow made that better By calling it a king dong But the the dumbest one Was a king don
0: Who's don Pardon me Who was don
1: Oh I don't know Maybe it was uh don king jr Maybe it was Don pardo I don't know <laughs> But it, it was silly, though. Don't you agree?
0: So, so were there any adult cinematic features that made use of, uh, <laughs> <some> <laughs> of the names? Of that I
1: case? don't know, <laughs> unless they were silver. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you remember? Odd, I do. Mug o' lunch.
0: Mug-O-Lunch, I, I do remember that
1: Betty Crocker rolled out hot dishes made in a mug in 1976 My wife's a magician, says the happy husband Who gets macaroni and cheese in a cup The modern microwave versions make this seem less amazing So basically, it was a mug, you put the hot boiling water in it And all of a sudden, you had a you mug-O-Lunch
0: have, You have lunch
1: <laughs> How much lunch is in this? A muggo lunch There you go. Ew. There,
0: there's the mac and cheese version of mug lunch Why does
1: it need to be a mug?
0: By Betty's Crocker.
1: Why can't it be a bowl? I don't know. I mean, you could just as easily put that in a bowl. Why does it have to be a mug? That just seems like a frustratingly small portion size.
0: Well, in 1976, the portions were smaller. I don't think Mug-O-Lunch, or it would have to be a much bigger l- mug in this day and age.
1: Yeah. W- was this the same people that made Cup-O-Soup?
0: I don't think so. I don't think it was a Betty, Betty Crocker creation.
1: This is a Betty Crocker creation. <laughs> I see the red spoon.
0: No, I don't think the uh, the soup...
1: Oh, okay, okay. Capo
0: soup was a Betty Crocker creation.
1: And capo soup was just basically flavored hot water. It, <laughs> it's like somebody took a day-old piece of uh, Campbell's soup, like one noodle, stuck it in water, and that's about the tastiness of it. As has a green floaties in it. It kind of looked like fish food in a cup.
0: <laughs> oh, Howard. Did you say King Dong versus Twinkie the Kid? Sounds like a bad 70s drive-in movie. Uh, Yeah. Doesn't sound like that kind of movie. Sounds like a different kind of movie to me, but. Yep. Are you yawning? Are you yawning during our show?
1: I'm not. I'm just catching some extra oxygen. My brain needs it.
0: (laughs) And he says Mogo Lunch became a dorm room staple for him in 1980.
1: Was it any good, Howard? Must have been. I can see why it it, was like Raymond Noodles before Raymond Noodles were cool.
0: As I'll say, college kids aren't exactly culinary staples as far as yep. good food.
1: All um, right. let's see how we I I probably have time for a couple more.
0: Yep. We're good.
1: All right. How about banana frosted flakes? Super sweet frosted flakes have never left the cereal shelf, but adding banana flavor seemed to go too far in the early 80s. The cereal only lasted about three years, though there is a banana cream version back on the shelves now. So it's Tony the Tiger, and basically the the box is yellow. He's wearing some kind of hat, and he's carrying a bunch of bananas over his shoulder. So it's like the frosting is banana flavored. Now, I would probably dig it. But I bet it would taste like that fake banana candy, you know, like Laffy Taffy, <laughs>
0: where
1: once Probably. again, it's what banana, they tell you banana should taste like, but it really doesn't. But you know it's banana when you taste it, and it's yellow. Yes. So, um, but yeah, um, I don't remember that, but I, it seems like I would have eaten it.
0: I was about to bring but up I don't, a picture of Banana Frost. I had to bring up a picture because I
1: can't tell what kind of hat in the my picture that Tony the Tiger is wearing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Kind of see what kind of haberdashery that Tony the Tiger is pulling <laughs> off.
0: Here you go. A straw is hat. It just a,
1: just a straw
0: hat? Straw hat. And a bunch of bananas over his shoulder. I don't, I don't believe Tiger's eat bananas
1: do they no they are firmly carnivores i wouldn't even call tigers omnivores so tony is a groundbreaking tiger yeah, he's tony, branched out
0: and tony on the back of this box has a spoonful of cereal like he's ready to eat it i don't think tony the tiger would eat frosted flakes
1: no he would eat the kid that is eating it <laughs> but do, sure. do you think that um Tony the Tiger ever got tired of it? Said, "I no, I, this is adult series, I'm Anthony the Tiger." <laughs> but
0: so maybe they should have put out a, an adult based serial and called him Anthony the Tiger. Yeah, <laughs> where he'd
1: be in a slick back Wall Street gear, you know, <laughs> Anthony the Tiger. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, that's a pretty good list. Like there's some other things, you know, we've talked about it. We wish it would come back. But I, out of that list, the Marathon Bar is the one thing that I would want to bring back. Um, Well, okay, here's one that's not on the list, but I wish it would come back. It might be back, and I just don't know it. It's called turkey bacon. But sizzling, man.
0: Sizzling.
1: Sizzling with some good stuff. Um, it, but I think it was kind of like turkey bacon. I think turkey bacon tastes like sizzling did, but I loved me some sizzling back in the day. I even liked it better than regular bacon.
0: So, so what what yeah. was so great about sizzling in your mind?
1: Well, A, it didn't have fat and sinews running through it. It, it, it was just like one color. It was uniformed color, and it was... Just crispy enough. It was delicious.
0: Fifty percent leaner, according to the,
1: the packaging. There we go.
0: And it's not—it's not crinkled up bacon either. It's—it's—it's it's it's
1: more flat. Flat. But um, I ate me a lot of sizzling back in the day, and I thought it was okay because it was lean. Of course. So. Anyway, but the, I, I do miss that because that was some tasty stuff. But I'm sure. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Howard being.
0: Howard being. Yeah. All right. Does that exhaust your list, Brady?
1: I think that's exhausted our list.
0: All right. All right. That rounds out our show. Uh, once again, Todd, under the weather tonight. So uh,
1: speedy recovery is too
0: carried the day so he should be back with us next week uh by the way uh just to remind you we do want to line things up for june 5th and i'll i'll put the poster up again
1: our 100th episode there it it
0: is brady can you make another poster or just add to this one with the date and the time on it I can do that.
1: I can do that. And not to give you a look under the hood or the nuts and bolts, but I'll tell you why I didn't put it on there is because when it's a Facebook event, it has the date and time. And I originally did it and it looked redundant. Yeah. Having it so close, but in this format, it definitely needs that. So Sunday, 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 June 5th at Sons of Toil from five o'clock to eight o'clock will be our episode 100.
0: Call a buddy, bring a friend. All right. Yeah. June 5th, five to eight, as Brady said, Sunday evening uh, at Sons of Toil Brewing. We will be out in the uh, outside tent. We have about 70-ish seats in the tent. We're hoping to fill the tent up. Um going to be a, a new sort of thing for us. We've never done our thing in front of a live audience before, so uh, it does allow us to do some different things with the show, and uh, looking forward to it. we got some good things planned, and we're still talking about how that's going to look, but uh, like I said, we're looking forward to it. So uh, look on our Facebook page. A lot of you have gotten an invite already, to, and again, I'm, I'm going to get started on Facebook again because I've said it before. So we create these events and I don't know if anyone out there is versed in creating Facebook events for some reason. And if someone can tell me why this is, I would appreciate it. Sometimes Facebook will allow you to invite 500 people to an event. Sometimes it only allows you to invite 50 people to an event. And
1: sometimes it'll only allow you to invite 10. I've had that happen.
0: And And there's no sense in any of it. Uh, you know, you go through about the process of creating the event the same way. And one time you can invite 500 another time you can invite 50. So really it doesn't make any sense. So if you have not gotten a Facebook invite for that, um, cause this was, Seek one us I was out. I, yeah, I was only allowed to invite 50 to this. So I did the best I could with that. But, uh, uh, as I've said before, we see numbers on a screen. We don't know specifically, unless you make a comment, who's listening or out there, so if I've missed you with an invite, I apologize for that. Go to our Facebook page, go to the events. It's there. Click that you're going we to We promise. <laughs> yes. Even even if you are just interested, uh, it will put you on the list and we'll kind of get an idea of how many people we'll have there. But uh, uh, again, June 5th, 5 to 8.
1: And please come. There's going to be nobody guarding the velvet rope to our knowledge. Um. <laughs> so you know it is going to be a good time had by one and all and i'm gonna tell you i'm so excited about it but i'm also nervous so i'm like i said i can't wait to see people's faces as we do our stuff sometimes you know when they put lols i often wonder if they're actually laughing or they're going you know that kind of thing so i cannot wait
0: Okay, so uh, again, June 5th, 5 to 8, Sons of Toil Brewing. Go to our Facebook page. If you've not gotten an invite and uh, click, uh, again, if you're interested or if you're actually going to come, uh, just let us know. And I'll try to do something with that and, and where I can invite more people. But, uh, again, I don't know why Facebook does what it does. Facebook annoys me. All right. So, as always, the audio version of this podcast will be released on Friday morning uh, on our platforms. Uh, Anchor.fm is our main platform. We also are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, If you're part of our uh, contingent from India who is uh, listening to us, uh, Ghana would probably be the main platform over there that you can get our show. Video will be uh, archived on YouTube, also here on Facebook, and on Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. All right, you can find our uh, social media links on our website, uh, com, And I totally forgot to put our uh, right up here, Brady. Visit our website, www.playitbyyourpodcast.com. And uh, you can find our social media links there as well. Uh, you can interact with us via email, admin at com. You can also leave a voice message for us. We're still looking for another voice message. Go to your audio platform. There is a link in the description of the show, which will allow you to leave a voice message. We can put that message right into the show. Anything else for the good of the order, Brady?
1: No, I don't think so. After this live appearance, you know, we're going to think about, um, you know, making ourselves available um, to our agents where we can appear at pool parties and um bar mitzvahs and weddings so um this could just be the start of many things to come
0: yes because we know the demand will be high yeah he says tongue firmly in cheek all right i never understood what that meant what does that mean yeah i I mean what
1: why why talking about it It certainly has to be your own cheek because that totally changes the (laughs) you know (laughs) the whole timbre of the uh timbre of that that situation so
0: all right uh again by the way uh june 5th is the 100th episode we do have one more week here that we are either going to be putting out a a, instant classic or taking a week off just so everything lines up just to keep you
1: and we were a man down today and we seriously considered it yeah but But...
0: We had kind of taken off last week, so we. Yeah, we in. didn't
1: want to do it two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, we tried to like spread them out a little bit, and it's been a busy time, you know, with the holidays and everything. So we thought last week would be a good week to do it. So, but we do wish Todd speedy recoveries from his ick that he has. Yes. And anybody else out there listing that has the ick,
0: <laughs> the episodic. All right. Hope you recover as well. With that, so long. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again. And join us next time as we play it by ear.